the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Trying to get you to retirement is my goal. Sometimes it's with cringeworthy analysis of the news. Sometimes it's with hard, cold Starry eyes at the news. A Tottenheim player, Emmanuel Adibayor, wrote about what money did to him when he became wealthy. He's a longtime Premier League striker. He posted a letter on Facebook accusing his family of taking advantage of him and his money. He was once the highest paid player in the league at $270,000 per week while at Manchester City. He moved to France from Togo when he was 15, and he's been playing in professional soccer since. He says he gave his mother money for a cookie business and paid for her to spend a week with a famous Nigerian faith healer, but she left after two days. She also hung up on him when he called her to tell her about the birth of his daughter. He accuses his sister of kicking his half-brother out of the $1.2 million house in Ghana that he let them stay at and then renting out the rooms for profit. He said, you know, family matters. There's no doubt about it. Money can ruin people. It's a crushing account of how money can ruin families. I've seen it firsthand with my mother recently going into an old folks home. And how is she being treated? Are we giving her the best possible? I have a brother who has interest in her home and interested in maximizing the value of everything in her life because... It means something for him to pursue that. I want you to get to retirement. I want you to live with decisions that are yours, not others. That's the goal of the show. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. We're talking retirement issues. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. If you have retirement issues, financial planning issues, he's your man. Let's talk about retirement and cost associated with it. I know everyone thinks of, oh, I'm going to have to spend money on a vacation. Oh, I'm going to have to spend money on children. That's kind of like a living cost. And then there's the health care cost with Medicare. Let's talk about the tax cost in retirement. What can you tell us that we need to know? Well, everybody's different, so you can't use any kind of rule of thumb. 
Um, <laughs> there we always come back to rule of thumb. Yeah, well, because the, they're most of the time worthless. Okay. Uh, people have retired with different types of accounts, whether it's low basis stock, high basis stock, cash that's not taxed, certain amount of muni funds that are tax-free bonds, 401ks that are 100% taxable when you pull them out, Roths that are tax-free. You really have to run simulations. Once you figure out how much you're going to spend in retirement, then you got to model your portfolio withdrawals so you can model what your tax bill is going to be. you got to realize at age 70, you have to pull money out of your 401ks and Roth and, and IRAs, and uh, not Roths, but your, your pre-tax retirement accounts, and your tax bill can change again. So you have to model those out, and that is one of the biggest failures. So modeling, not modeling inflation and not modeling the correct tax bill in retirement is two of the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to do things on their own. And then not realizing certain extra hidden tax traps. Um, people that take a lot of gains one year in their portfolio, sell a real estate property, whatever. It can cause their Social Security to be either more taxable or taxed. And so Social Security, if, if one half of your Social Security plus all your other income, including tax-free bonds, is that if that's over 42000 85% of your Social Security is taxable. A lot of people don't factor that in. If you make over a certain amount, you could pay two to three times as much for your Medicare Part B called a surtax that people might not be thinking about. Sir? Surtax. Sir, I'm going to give you a tax bill. <laughs> so it's only for sirs. Madams, they do not have to pay. <laughs> oh, good God. It's, I'm going to be honest with you, Chad. This sucks. I, you know, I, right now you're, you're basically ruining my life. You're talking about taxes and retirement. We have a plague of people being not prepared for retirement or retiring too early. It is literally, it's like, it's, it's the apocalypse of retirement planning. Every day I add up my money, like Scrooge McDuck. I count every single coin. Do you every bathe si- in it? Sometimes. I can smell that. I do pearls. <laughs> I add up everything that I own, right? I'm like one, two, three. I and suggest then I go. normal bathing, by the way. Long story short, the thing that I, I hate is, like, let's just hypothetically say I'm worth $8 million. I'm really not worth $8 million because taxes automatically are going to suck part of that out. Right. Whether it's when I die on an estate or whether I'm, I'm spending money, like taxes just, they're a, a silent killer in retirement. Yeah. You know, if you're worth $8 million and you die, yeah, and you haven't done any correct estate planning, okay, anything over 5.2, well, about 5.35 million now with, with inflation, is taxed at starting at, you know, 40% rates on up. So you're talking about, oh, you've died, you're successful, you've made a lot of money. Uh, Uncle Sam, give him a couple million bucks. Here's what I'm, I'm I'm planning on for death and retirement is I'm gonna let my bastard children fight for the money with Uncle Sam, literally Uncle Sam. I've got an uncle named Sam, <laughs> and then I'm gonna bring the real Uncle Sam in the government, the IRS, and they're all gonna fight for it. Sweet. <laughs> you should buy items with all of your money that are really hard to sell and liquidate. Like what? I, I don't know. I don't know. How about uh, a yacht? Toys like collectible toys or comic books. GI <laughs> Joes. Just loads and loads of it, so your kids have to spend, like, months and months and months on eBay trying to get rid of the stuff. And then I should leave, like, just strange things to the children. <laughs> I, I bequeathed my... Treasure hunts? My, my bastard <laughs> child. Exactly, a treasure hunt. Everything is, is left as a treasure hunt. My throne, and it'll be like a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> my throne and all the wealth inside of it. Um, anyway, that's CFP Chad Burton. Um, anything else that we need to know as far as taxes in retirement? Like, can you even plan for this? Yeah, you can. You can... You can plan for it, for sure. You have to plan for it. If you're retiring without a detailed cash flow analysis, yeah. you are insane. It just it, It's crazy how many people – because 
again, I, I've said this before, but the difference between if if you're retiring at 64 and running the simulation where you have, you know, you're running out of money at age 85, 90. If you worked two more years, you'd have enough money to last till age 100. Just just a couple more years, because if you think about it, rather than drawing on your portfolio for two years, you're not only feeding it, but it's also compounding. And so it's like you know, it gets you so far ahead with compound numbers that you're, you you really need to model your success rate. You need to have conservative growth estimates in your portfolio, higher than expected taxes, um, and inflation to make sure you have enough. I've heard that there's some Ameriprise financial planners or financial people, because they're not really planners, that they'll actually give you a financial plan with a pistol. And basically, like, just in case this doesn't work out the way I think it does... <laughs> no comment. No comment. Don't tie me to that, that well, no, comment said, in any way, shape, or form. No, you said <laughs> to make it last till 85, just in case just I was wrong with case. some assumptions. Anyway, you can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. He is a great financial planner. Um, follow him at KDOW uh, on AM1220, show from 1 to 2, New Focus on Wealth. CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. Salesforce.com popped yesterday after a report that Microsoft might be interested in cloud software company. Um, last week, the company's shares the shares surged 12% to a record after reported it hired financial advisors to field takeover inquiries. Salesforce does not comment on rumors or speculation, so they say. Um, it's interesting to note their top six or seven executives stand to get millions and millions of dollars if there's a takeover. Kind of nice deal to set up, huh? I get it. Um, cloud computing, in which companies store mass amounts of data to be retrieved online, has become an area of growth for Microsoft under CEO Seti and Della. A competitive business generally. Microsoft's long expected to have to compete with Salesforce if it were ever in play. They're in play. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? Many, many, many stories out there today. Private firms added 169,000 jobs in April, missing forecasts. And that has actually been a trend now since November. So peak employment feels like it's here. Vincent Van Gogh. Pulling in $40 million for painting the Allée of Elskamps. And I'm sure I'm saying that incorrectly. The Allée of Elskamps. Uh, got $40 million? You can buy a painting. Dude's missing an ear. Um, Steph Curry gave up millions millions of dollars because he decided to stay in college and learn to play a different position after having a great run as a shooting guard. He knew the draft reports were not great on him. So he stayed in, worked on his game, 
paid a lot more money. That's advice to you to always work on your game and see where you should be landing. Oil prices hit a fresh 2015 high on the weaker dollar. And some Libya supply woes. Whoa, 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 she's a lady. Comcast now has more internet customers than cable TV subscribers. That makes my head scratch. I get it. I love my cable modem. You can probably, from my cold, dead fingers, my, my cable modem. I, I, when it, I love it. And this is sometimes how the conversation goes. I love you, cable modem. Do you love me? You do? I love you, too. Let's have a kiss. California tourism is surging. But there's a problem. Dun, dun, dun. It's the strong dollar. It's making it tougher for foreigners to come to the Bay Area and spend their money. The U.S. dollar is stoking concern that tourism growth might slow. Let's, let's try that one one more time. I'll, I'll, I'll cue it in a second. California hosted a record 251 million visitors last year, up 3% from the previous high of 243 million, according to the state's nonprofit tourism agency. Visitors spent $117 billion in the state. They spent $117 billion in the state. And, you know, we tax that, right? And that tax money goes back to great programs like giving water to people and, well, great programs. Supported more than 1 million jobs, which, again, we tax those people who have jobs. You spend money here. We love you. We create jobs around you. Thank you. But California tourism has surged. But the strength of the U.S. dollar has threatened growth. (gasps) Shocking. Apple's announced a seven-part bond sale for buybacks and for dividends. Um, why not borrow money when it's cheap? If I wasn't so busy right now, I'd probably be looking to buy another piece of real estate because money's cheap with the cost of money. But I'm just too busy right now. But I'll get there. I will. What I'm hoping for is uh, like four or five more years of drought and then people are like, I give up on California. And that's like when you get the best time to buy when people give up. Quitter. Amazon's video streaming is coming to JetBlue. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can now watch instant video streaming service on board JetBlue flights. This story almost makes no sense to me. I get it. I get it. Let's cram another Amazon story out into the PR world. I get it. But have I been sitting on an airplane going, man, I really wish I could use my Amazon Prime video services for something? Um, No. Pizza Hut is testing a delivery test with 75 locations in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, dubbed Pizza Hut Nav, where most customers will be able to track their delivery drivers and their pizzas on a map from the time they order until the driver shows up on the street. You know what I've been thinking? I've just smoked a lot of weed. I've ordered a pizza, and now I want to follow that pizza from the, from the Pizza Hut to my door. I'm paranoid he might be lost. I can't take time from my my busy, you know, everyday life and, and not get myself that reward of following a Pizza Hut driver. If I'm going to get a pizza, I want to track him. What? Like, why is Pizza Hut even talking about this? It's kind of strange, isn't it? 
when you're watching a football game with your buddies, you're like, hey, let's let's order a pizza and watch watch it be delivered. Okay, I get after 30 minutes he's not there. You're like, where the hell is he? And it would be nice to look it on a map and see that he's lost. I get it. Microsoft is thinking about buying Salesforce.com. Um, so they've asked for their books. So Salesforce.com is in play. Cloud computing is a trend in tech spending, and Microsoft wants to be there. Frozen has kept Disney's earnings hot. I know you're saying, Frozen? I've never heard of such a movie. What is it about? Do I really need to tell you this? Probably not, right? So Disney just reported numbers, and they're pretty good. Uh, Cinderella, she was considered a hit for Disney in the March quarter. But last year's Frozen was really, really popular. Frozen continues to keep Disney smoking hot more than a year after its release, with much stronger supply chain in place than a year ago. A lot of Frozen merchandise so far sold in 2015. They're more than 10 times as high as during the same period last year. Again, keep in mind, this movie came out over a year ago, and it's selling more product today than it was 12 months ago. Um, Disney consumer products revenue was up 10% from a year earlier to $971 million. Income for the group surged 32% to $362 million. All, not all, but heavily tied towards frozen merchandise. Um, frozen merchandise benefits Disney's film studio, which gets a cut of the revenue from products based on its movies. Um, a lot of anticipation for the new Star Wars film, but think about the whole Frozen thing. You know me girls like look at that today and they're like, let it go, let it go, I'm one with the snow. I don't know the words, let it go. And you're my sister. Um, and sister's love is the truest love, and you don't need a man to have love. That was the message of Frozen, right? I shouldn't know that. I shouldn't know that. I shouldn't admit that I know that. But the whole point being is um, little girls today, in 15 years from now, or let's, let's be a little bit less creepy and go in 30 years from now, they're going to have kids. And they're going to want to show their kids what they saw as a kid. And that's where Disney makes money. It's a catalog. Um, couple years from now, 10, 20 years from now, Disney's going to release, Disney's going to re-release Frozen for a limited time only. It's pretty crazy. This is Nina. What, was, what did, uh, what did he call her? Indira Mozui? Chandravolta? Botched her name? Um, pretty stunning voice. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Trying to say, oh yeah, it's business time. It's business. It's business time. I know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for business. It's business time. Ooh, it's business. It's business time. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, we're in the bathroom brushing our teeth. That's all part of it. That's foreplay. Foreplay is very important in love. 
Dr. Jeff Rosen. Business time. Let's talk a little economy. Let's talk briefing.com. How are you, Dr. Jeff? Oh, pretty good. How yourself? I'm okay. Um, not really paying a lot of attention to the markets right now because it, it feels like I'm not getting enough like push forward or push back. So I'm kind of like blasé. Maybe I'm going into my summer mode already. Um, <laughs> how about the economy? What are we seeing here? You know, it's a little worrisome. You know, we had the bad reports for GDP the, uh, last week. Uh, the trade okay. data that came out yesterday makes it look like that bad report's going to be even worse than the next revision. Today's productivity numbers were poor. I mean, we had a second consecutive quarter of declining productivity. That hasn't happened since, I think, 2006. So, you know, overall, things aren't progressing ahead, you know, nearly as, as people had thought uh, back in January. Is productivity important? Like, give us a, a, a reason why. Um, the average listener, viewer in the television world, radio world, they, they, don't, they don't really know what productivity even means. Give us why we should care. Well, productivity essentially is a part of the growth rate of GDP. So GDP is productivity plus the change in the labor force, and that's it. So okay. if you have strong productivity – uh, not labor force, sorry, uh, but working hours. If you have strong productivity, you know, and you have low job growth, you can still have high GDP. If you have high job growth and low productivity, you could have low GDP. So, you know, the two combination factors into how GDP is. What really we want to look at are labor costs within the productivity uh, report. And that showed that you know, labor costs increased 5%, which was the biggest increase since Q1 2014, which means that businesses are paying more money and getting less out of it than they did okay. in the past. And that's the problem. You know, if businesses looking ahead, you know, they need to manage what their output's going to be. They can't have you know, costs exceeding what their profits are going to be. So looking at what we saw today, you know, declining productivity, higher labor costs tell us that there's a possibility of a transition from the 200,000 plus job growth that we were expecting, you know, for all of 2015 to be more in the line of what we saw in March of, you know, 120 to 130. I mean, or even less than that. Anything else in the world of the economy that's not depressing? Can you find anything that's positive? Like, let's play wishy-washy here, so to speak. Let's not just be negative. Give me something to, to work with. <laughs> it's really difficult right now. And a lot of that uh, with me is that this week is the week that I generally recalibrate my GDP model uh, okay. for the second quarter, for the next quarter. So I look at, you know, all the sectors and I say, okay, how are things looking? What are the underlying trends? What do I expect, you know, for example, retail sales to be for the next three months? What do I expect, uh, you know, shipments of capital goods to be for the next three months? And when you plug in numbers, I mean, it, it just gets depressing. I mean, you, you, if you factor in the, the idea of low job growth, that means you're going to have likely low uh, consumption growth. And the fact that uh, inflation is starting to pick up a little bit, you know, so the nominal numbers are going to make it even worse on the real side, you know, it doesn't give a good positive contribution to GDP. 
Now, if we look at the trade data that we saw in March, okay, that, that data was influenced by a uh, the labor strike out in the West Coast. Let's take that out. We're now heading into the second quarter, and it typically takes about six months for a change in the foreign exchange trends to impact trade. And six months okay. ago is right when the dollar started uh, appreciating considerably on real terms against its trade-winning partners. So that tells me that you know imports are going to rise and exports are going to slow in Q1 or sorry Q2. So to me, trade can be another negative. You, know, you look at the residential sector; you know, we're definitely undersupplied in uh, new homes. But are the home builders willing to spark a resurgence in construction? You know, it's a little bit unknown. You know, they haven't done it yet. So to say that they're going to absolutely do it now is probably too optimistic. So if we expect similar residential construction growth, that's not a big driver for economic gains in Q2. And then we now have to look at the uh, investment in uh, non-res. You know, right now, the structures sector looks going to be depressed, not necessarily from what we typically think of construction, uh, office buildings or power plants or manufacturing plants and the like. But the BAA, when they calculate their GDP numbers, include mining construction in that structure numbers. And with declining rig counts, there's likely not to be a big increase in mining construction, you know, there's still excess capacity because they're closing rigs, not necessarily opening up new ones. So even if oil prices rise in the in the near term, I don't expect to see a sudden acceleration in the construction area in that. So that, you know, is likely to be negative. And then we're left with equipment spending. And you know, you could argue that capacity utilization rates are getting close to do, you know, the eighty percent barrier which would likely say that we would see a good increase in equipment spending. You know, if you look at uh, orders of, of non-defense capital goods, you know, they've been, you know, mediocre at best. And we've had a lot of unfilled orders that just haven't been produced. And that has been going on for a few years now. And the question is, is this the quarter that manufacturers are start going to unload those unfilled orders and start producing and get a big bump in equipment spending. It's possible, maybe not. So let's just expect, you know, modest equipment growth. And the last component is inventories. And you had a big increase in inventories in Q1. And generally, that means that you're going to have a decrease in inventories in the following quarter. So if we count a negative inventory number, uh, even a modest negative inventory number, my GDP outlook for Q2 is negative right now and i'm looking at all the, the you know the monthly numbers seeing what what you know where am i too pessimistic where can some optimism come from and it is really difficult you know I, I look at these things and it just doesn't seem to me right now to be on a flying you know strong pace that said, you know, we could get stronger consumption growth. We could get better equipment spending. The impact of mining may not be as, as weak as I expected. The trade deficit may not expand as much as I expect. You know, these are all assumptions being built into the model. We could still see 2 to 3% GDP growth. I'm just not buying it right now. With that, let's change the topic to, I know you're not a big fan of the ADP survey that came out in general, that it, you don't think it's, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Um, 
the employment numbers. Are we moving in the right direction? Or are we at full employment? Because the stories that I'm seeing is that we're not adding as many jobs, and it's going to be tough to get improvements on that first Friday of the month, per se. And Yeah, and when I looked at that productivity number today, and I saw that you, know, you had two quarters of declining productivity, and you have an unemployment rate, an official unemployment rate of 5.5%, which is roughly at full employment, you know, that says that you can't have much job growth in it itself. But then you have, okay. you know, the productivity number, and it tells me that, you know, that ADP number may be correct. Anything else in the world of economics that you're looking at, Dr. Jeff? Yeah, I think we need to see if, uh, you know, look on Friday, see if the March number that we saw was an anomaly. If we get another 250,000 increase in payrolls, I think that at uh, – you know, I'm, I may be a little bit too pessimistic in where I am right now, and, and things may be better than that. But if we see another 150, you know, or less uh, payroll number, which the ADP report, you know, suggests, you know, it, we could be in a transition of a weakening U.S. economy. Weaker U.S. economy, will that mean that Europe and Asia picks up the slack because of the stronger dollar, or – do we kind of snowball into the rest of the world with a slowdown? Yeah, I think that we would pull everybody else down with us. You know, I, I think that okay. no one is really strong. So, you know, if you look at the, you know, Europe, you look at Asia, there's, there's not much stimulus measure that could happen to pick things up uh, in the developing, in the developed world. You know, developing countries still have a little bit more that they could do. But, um, you know, I, I look at Europe and I look at the U.S. and, you know, if, if both are pushing down, uh, and you got two government areas that are unwilling to expand on a fiscal side, and we already know monetary policy is stretched as it is. You know, I, I don't know where that leaves us. I love the column that you wrote this week at briefing.com, searching for the one-armed man. And that's probably one of the oldest jokes in business and economy is like, we're looking for a one-armed economist, so he doesn't say, on the other hand. Uh, that's a good pull there with President Truman. So. Anything else you want to add? We got about thirty seconds. So you're depressing yeah, again, me today. I mean, we, our claims numbers are good. Job numbers should be good. I'm expecting strong numbers. I'm hoping that I'm right. If uh, it comes out to be on the minus side, you know, watch out because that could be a big uh, forebearer of uh, of bad news coming forward. Thanks very much. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, chief economist with Briefing.com. Uh, he continues to remind us there's no perfect truths out there. The numbers are showing weakness, and he has no problem saying that. That's a tough thing to sometimes to like digest and like be good with. It's okay. Uh, we've had six up years in a market because the economy has been pretty much so trending better. Not perfect, but it's trending. Uh, watch the trend change the other way. It happens from time to time. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
think we're on the iHeartRadio app anymore. That's worthy of note. Just throwing it out there for you. California tourism is surging. Why do you care? Eh, It's a sign that people are spending money. California hosted 251 million visitors last year. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of plane tickets. It's a lot of rental cars. That's a lot of amusement park rides. Economists attribute the jump in tourism to a strengthening economy, high consumer confidence, and pent-up demand amongst Americans who put off travel during the recession. Also, a growing middle class in China is pushing visits from that country. Is that too cliche? I went skiing this winter, and at the resort, I noticed a lot, a lot of Chinese tourists. Whereas 10, 15 years ago, I didn't. That's my, that's all I'm drawing. It's not, I'm not trying to make a statement, but uh, it tells you that China's economy's done better in the last 10, 15 years. Skiing's not cheap. And when you're coming from across a very, very big ocean, it costs do-re-mi. The state's persistent drought, California, is weighing heavily on residents. doesn't appear to be bothering travelers who want our sunshine our shopping, and our sightseeing. Visitors to L.A. are not going to care if it gets a little brown around the edges. That's interesting to note for now. Some experts worry that a bigger issue is the U.S. dollar's strength compared to other currencies worldwide. The big threat in my mind isn't the drought, it's the dollar. So, California tourism, pretty big, um, and it needs to be marketed. Because it's marketable. Universal Studios is up in a Springfield-themed area based on The Simpsons. That sounds like fun. Uh, Fox just renewed The Simpsons for another two years, which is good news for all involved in the hilarity. Which I'm not, but for some reason I feel like I was watching The Simpsons when I was 10. It's like, has it been on TV that long? It feels like it. Um, Universal Studios is also adding some more, like, Fast and Furious stuff to the tour at Universal Studios. Um, also, Universal Studios is gearing up for the unveiling next year of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter attraction. Ooh! That sounds delightful. Okay, maybe I'm embellishing just a skosh. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Apple has announced a seven-part bond sale for buybacks and dividends. Um, let's see. Does that sound like something that would move the stock? I don't think so. Is it a smart thing to do? Hey, yes, to borrow money at a very generally favorable rates. Um, for sure, for sure. I'm a valley girl and there's no cure. For sure, for sure. Apple sitting at $125 a share, down 50 cents today on a day when the market's um, a little bit weaker. So not too weak. It's kind of anemic out there. 800-516-1220. Hawaii has something of a holy grail of frequent flyer award destinations, beautiful beaches, warm ocean breezes, and exotic tropical paradise. But if the Aloha State is your award dream, you better know long before you try to redeem your miles and pack your luggage, which airlines offer the the goods, so to speak. 
Um, it's kind of fascinating to see, like Hawaiian Airlines booked the lowest percentage of award tickets. Alaska Airlines logged more than twice the number. So you'd think, like, I bet Hawaiian Airlines is... There's only really five companies that fly from California to Hawaii. There's Delta, American, United, Alaskan, and Hawaiian Airlines. And again, number of round-trip award passengers to Hawaii, it's Delta's pretty high. Um, Delta's the winner. Delta and American Airlines. Um, United, as well, is up there. And Hawaiian Airlines, not so much. Again, you would imagine that you would see the Greetings from Hawaii post-snap as the winner, but not so much. Not so fast, I say to you. Elsewhere out there in the world of news, 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 news. Um, Disney stock. Can you still buy it? Yeah, I think you can, as long as you're willing to be patient with it. It is not instant gratification. Um, leggings and sneakers are the new style uniform. Leggings from Lucas Hugh sell at Bergdorf Goodman, the luxury department store on Fifth Avenue in New York City for $400. And you're saying, did he just talk about leggings being business casual? It kind of is. Uh, and that's why you have to invest in something like a Nike or an Under Armour. One of the biggest trends going on right now is athletic apparel, athleisure as it's lovingly known. So pay attention, my friend, to this aching head. Um, athleisure is not going away. And you have to own one of those three stocks. If you own stocks, now again, most people should own mutual funds and index funds and not stocks, but uh, Lululemon, Under Armour, Nike. Nike's the big boy. Nike's not going to surprise you much. It's going to be steady. It's going to get hit during a recession, but it'll survive a recession. Lululemon, at some point in time, gets acquired my thought pattern. We'll see. Maybe they are more faddish, or maybe they can't survive a recession as well as Nike can. So on one hand, you can get a home run with it, but you could also strike out, whereas with Nike, you may not hit that home run, but you'll get on base more often than not. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online, robblack.com. That's robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.